This is How to Become a Pro Wrestler, the podcast. Where we teach you the skills you need to go from your living room to the main event. Hey guys, welcome back to How to Become a Pro Wrestler, the podcast. My name is Coach John, and today I'm sitting here with Aaron. As always, man, what is going on? Hey, John. Excited to be here once again. I love recording in the studio. I love putting out all of these episodes, and I love the topic today, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. We got some good stuff today. You know, I'm excited as well. I know you always say you're excited. I am as well. I love this podcast because it is free pro wrestling training delivered directly to your phone or your device, your tablet, your earbuds, whatever you're using, free. So please, guys, uh, before we even get into the topic, let me stress that right off the bat. This is for you. This is the only pro wrestling podcast that I am aware of that is absolutely devoted to nothing but your education. So, you know, there's no fluff, no filler. We're not talking about what happened on Monday Night Raw unless it actually relates to the topics. We're not here to discuss, you know, the, the... whatever's of you know the in and outs the drama of pro wrestling necessarily we're here to actually educate you so there's probably someone out there that you know or maybe it's you yourself that need the information that we're providing especially when it's free and we try to keep these you know at least under an hour under 45 sometimes even only half an hour i want you to be able to hit them digest them and uh and learn them so share this guys that's what i'm trying to get at share this podcast with somebody that you know also if you are following us regularly, if, you, if you're subscribed to us on like an app that's not iTunes, I would really appreciate it if you would go to iTunes or Spotify. Those are kind of the two big dogs, okay, in the fight. So go to either one of those, subscribe to us on there, and also leave us a review. Yeah. That's huge. That's like major for getting us out there and getting us more, you know, algorithm and all the cool stuff to where we're getting noticed by more people. And we're going to keep this podcast free, guys, so please... We want to be recognized, especially if you're liking our information. The only thing I want you to do for me is subscribe and leave a positive review, all right? All right. Yeah, yeah. what makes it so fun, John, just yeah. one thing is I was at a show the other day, yeah, yeah. and a guy came up to me that I had mm-hmm. met once, just kind of as a right. wait, and he's like, dude, I'm loving the podcast, yeah. and I, I can't remember what tip it was, but he was like, yeah, that yeah. really helped me out. And I was like, ah, oh, that, you know, that's the whole purpose of the podcast. I mean, so. Based on my notes, we're about to record episode 34, so there's, there's 33 free episodes out there and even if you know on average they're half an hour so there's at least you know there's over 15 almost 20 hours of quality educational pro wrestling info out there for you guys so please share that with someone that you know would benefit from that knowledge now as for today's topic i am very happy to present this one to you guys because this is one that i've been kind of stewing on for a while because i get asked about this all the time constantly probably every single show that i'm at i get in some way or another asked about this so here's today's podcast guys today we're going to talk about the perfect 10 minute locker room warm-up that is right so should you be working out in the locker room before your match if so what should you be doing how early should you do it how long should it last Should you start packing bands or weights in your gear bag? These are all common questions that I hear from current pro wrestlers. And if you're becoming a pro wrestler, you're going to be asking me this before too long. So let's talk about it today. You definitely don't want to do so much working out in the back that you tire yourself out before you even get to the ring. So today, we're going to break down the perfect locker room warm-up 
that will have you primed and ready to perform and you will be able to do it in your locker room with only 10 minutes. So guys, head on over to Instagram and Facebook, please. All you got to do is type in at how to become a pro wrestler. You will find us, subscribe us, give us a follow, and you can keep up to date on anything that we ever do. All right. So one of the most common questions I'm asked is what should I be doing in the locker room to get ready for my match? Something you don't want to do is wear yourself out doing too much in the back. So when you go to the ring, you're already exhausted and your performance suffers because of that. So guys are loaded with nervous energy as they wait for their time in the ring. I see it every single show on that. This can lead to doing things like, you know, I'll see guys doing hundreds of push-ups and squats. You know, that might be exaggerating, but they're doing a lot. They're doing a whole bunch of push-ups and squats. I've seen guys running laps around the building or back and forth behind the building. I see guys never drinking water, um, you know, uh, pounding energy drinks a lot of times is even worse. We're going to get into that as a little bonus later, but essentially just doing, you know, random movements for a random period of time, whenever they can get it in, just hoping that it's going to benefit them when they go to the ring. So I've also seen the opposite, which is guys sitting in one spot all night until it's time for them to go to the ring. Then they stand up, and I just hear them do the, you know, the dad noises. The, oh, as they're getting up, they're groaning. They're, all of a sudden, they're walking towards the curtain, and they're kicking their leg out because, they're, oh, my knee, my knee's locked up. You know, um, they're, they're rolling their legs and shoulders out because they're tired from just being cramped in a corner, sitting in a chair over their gear bag, staring at their phone or talking to people all night long. You know, they're desperately trying to get some blood flowing as their music is about to hit. So that's the other side of it where you're – you're, you're also out of energy at this point because you've just been so stagnant, just sitting there um, doing nothing. So, you know, sitting in a chair doing absolutely nothing and hammering a, uh, a monster or a Red Bull is not going to give you the energy you need for your match, guys. As a matter of fact, all that's really going to do is kind of elevate your heart rate a bit and really leave you probably more tired in the long run. It's, it's a delicate balance and combination that it takes to get that stuff properly. So, And that's what we're here for today. So I'm going to take you through just... Three moves that you should do in the locker room before every single match. Three moves that I want you to do inside of 10 minutes. The only equipment you're going to need is a lightweight resistance band. So if you don't have a band, we're going to talk about some alternatives. But I highly recommend, highly recommend packing a very light resistance band inside your bag. So also be sure and go back, listen to another episode of this very podcast where we talk about all the essentials that you need in your gear bag, everything you might need in your luggage when you go to a wrestling show. We got a whole episode on that, guys. Go back, find it, and give it a listen. So, all right, we're going to dive into the warm-up. We're going to break down each individual move, and then I'm going to tell you exactly how to put those moves together, sets and reps, so you do them effectively. But before we do that, do you know that we have a YouTube channel? And when you go to that YouTube channel, we got all kinds of cool videos up and more every single week. I want you to head on over there, give us a subscribe there, but also there's a little bell by our names on YouTube. If you click that bell, it'll give you a little notification every time we post something new. That's it. All that does is guarantee that you never miss anything. All right, guys, so subscribe to us on YouTube. And now let's talk about the moves. I said there was only three, so we're gonna talk about three moves that I think you can do in any locker I know you can do in any locker room, especially if you have that resistance band. So move number one, it's got a bunch of names. So I know it and refer to it commonly now as a VMO squat. 
VMO just stands for the vastus medialis oblique, which is a part of your quad, okay? So the VMO, a lot of, if you're a bodybuilder, you probably call it the teardrop muscle. It's that little part of your quad that wraps around your kneecap at the top. So it's directly above and beside the kneecap. It, this is the muscle that is responsible for stabilizing your kneecap keeping it in line when you bend your knees, and that absolutely means when you're performing something like sports, like pro wrestling, when you're running, jumping, bending, twisting, you're having your legs twisted all about because somebody's putting you in a submission hold. All these different things, the VMO is the muscle that's responsible for making sure that your kneecap doesn't float over to the other side of your leg when you're doing all these weird athletic movements, okay? You have to have some strength and stability there. So now, for the actual VMO squat, like I said, has a few different names. You may actually know this as a cyclist squat, but lots of pro wrestlers, I'm sorry for bearing the lead here, especially if you're a pro wrestler, you probably know this as a Hindu squat. We see this a lot uh, coming up in wrestling. A lot of us that were trained, at least met my era at least, and I know the eras before me, you get told about the Hindu squat. So these are basically performed, if you have zero equipment, because you can also perform these on something like a slant board, or you can have your your, your heels elevated on something like a, a dumbbell or a weight plate or just a, a curb or anything really, anything that will elevate your heels you can perform them on. But you can also just do these by doing what most pro wrestlers know as a Hindu squat, just squatting down onto your toes. Like you're just squatting down, your heels come off the ground and now you're on your toes. But your head and chest are still nice and tall. You put your arms out forward for balance to kind of offset that and you're just squatting down onto your toes. The money of this move is that it allows you to get so deep in your squat that your hamstrings, so the back side of your legs, the back side of your thighs, opposite of your quads, are going to completely cover your calves. So the back side of the bottom part of your legs, your calf muscles, we all know what that is. So this is going to, your hamstrings are pretty much going, ideally, your head and chest stay tall, your back stays straight, and your hamstrings touch your calf muscles. This gives you that maximum knee bend and the most stress that we can, good stress, that we can put onto your VMO, the muscles that are keeping your knee in place. So, why the Hindu squat? With no weights needed at all, this is the ultimate primer for a healthy knee joint. These VMO squats are absolutely critical for a pro wrestler. They will stabilize the knee through a full range of motion with the added bonus of giving you some beefy looking quads, guys, especially you guys that are wearing your, your tights or if you're wearing biker shorts or if you're wearing traditional trunks, hey, you want some impressive looking legs and this is gonna pump up your legs just like, like you see those you see guys doing endless curls or something before their match. I know it's an upper body business, guys, but especially you guys that are showing off your legs in the ring, you want your legs to have a pump too, not just your biceps. So this is gonna help you not just get that nice looking set of legs, but it's gonna give you what? Go muscles, show muscles and go muscles. And that's what we want. We want your VMOs activated, your quads activated, so they are there and stabilizing your kneecap as you go into an athletic performance, which is what a pro wrestling match is. So it's also, you know, this is a compound movement, a squat. You're getting way more engagement here than just your quad. You're also getting your glutes, your core, your, you know, everything involved that you want involved. So this is going to, what? Elevate your heart rate. So this is going to warm you up. This is going to get blood flowing through your whole body and warm you up before you head out there to the ring so you're not just sitting hunched over in a chair, you know, all night long. And this way you're, you're not going to run out there and be, you know, we're going to, I'm going to talk to you how to pro program this to where you're not exhausted, but you're going to be able to go to the ring and you're going to have your heart rate elevated, but you're not going to be wore out. Okay. So that's what we're trying to talk about here. So many wrestlers have knee pain. 
you know, that typically is coming from guys that are going into matches without being properly warmed up for performance. You know, they're not consistently training this move. So adding these to your locker room routine is going to keep your knees safe in the ring, but also everywhere else, guys. So imagine if you're wrestling, even if you're just wrestling every weekend. So you're wrestling four or five times a month. You're doing a set of these every single time you wrestle every single weekend. Now you're getting all this great stability in that really deep knee flexion bottomed out squat that when you go to the gym next week in the middle of the week and you do whatever you do, you do your, um, your split squats like we always talk about, or maybe you're doing front squats or back squats or something as well. If you are doing those, you're probably not getting this deep knee flexion like the VMO is providing, but that's okay. This is the move that's giving you that full range of motion stability. Now you can go load up with some heavy weights, do some squats that are not as deep, and you're going to be stable and perfectly fine through that range of motion. So this is not just for that match you're having that night, guys. This is for your entire training that's going to happen the next week as well. That's going to add up over time. If you're freaking doing these squats every single time before you have a match, you're going to have a lot of those in in a month. You know, one set a week every month. That's great. That is going to translate perfectly to your in-gym routine. So that's move number one. That's the VMO squat, the Hindu squat, the cyclist squat, whatever you want to call it, heel elevated squat. Um, I will uh, provide some videos and stuff for this as well in the groups. I have multiple videos of myself doing these, um, and I, I can provide some links to those as well in the group. So there you go. Head on over to the group and join that. That'll go for all these moves I'm about to talk about. Let's talk about move number two. I'm super passionate about this move. So passionate about this move, I've considered renaming it because um, I like my specific variant more than I like the, I guess, quote unquote, traditional variant. So the move that I want to talk about is the hand elevated mountain climber. So if you're familiar with the gym, you may be familiar with the mountain climber. So I love mountain climbers. I think they are a an, an equipment-free, full-body hack. So often you hear about me and Aaron talk about maximizing your minutes in the ring and in the gym in your training in general. I fully consider the mountain climber to be a minute maximizer. So here's how you do it in case you haven't seen it. So in a mountain climber, typically you're, you know, you're just going to assume a push-up position plank. That's step number one. You're going to get into that nice strong plank with a straight line from the back of your neck all the way down your ankles. You're going to brace that core. You're going to squeeze your glutes. You're in a plank. So guys, we've talked about planks before as well. So you're in a strong plank, and from there, what you're going to do is pull one knee as far towards your belly button or towards your chest, however you want to call it, as possible. Then you're going to drive that foot back and alternate to the other leg. One foot's going to be on the ground the entire time. You're driving it forward. You've probably seen this move done at a crazy breakneck speed with people firing their legs as fast as possible. Now, there is a time and a place for that as well, but that is not the specific way I'm talking about doing these today. So... I want you to, you know, well, let me just talk to you about how people go wrong with this move. So they assume that it has to be performed, like I just said, fast as possible. Yeah. Speed is better, right? Like, no, that's not what we're talking about, especially for warming up for your pro wrestling match. So much like your pro wrestling match, this move needs to be smooth, not breakneck, smooth, okay? I want you to go into that push-up position. I want you to squeeze, find your abs, and find your glutes. Push your shoulder blades up. No dipping in the shoulder blades, no divot in your back, and no divot in your hips. Your hips aren't sunk towards the ground either. You are in a strong, straight line. You're pushing those shoulder blades up, and you are flexing that core, squeezing those abs. you got to find those abs, guys, and you got to squeeze your glutes as well. 
Now, I want you to drive your knee forward. I want you to hold it for, you know, half a second, one full second, whatever. Pull that knee in and hold it, and then I want you to push your foot back nice and smooth like you're pushing your foot through water, through sand, whatever you want to call it. I want you pushing it back in slow motion. If you pull it in for one second, hold it for one second, push it back for two seconds. That's a good kind of pace to yep. think about. Then you just alternate, guys. Put that foot back, bring the other one forward. Put that one back, bring the other one back in. Stay smooth, stay slow, and you should be able to squeeze your abs the entire time. If you feel those abs go away, if you lose that midline stability, you've lost the move, okay? So now let's talk about why I like them hand elevated so much. So the first point of failure I find with a lot of people is the shoulders. I have a lot of people that complain in a push-up position or a push-up plank about their shoulders getting fatigued. And you can build up endurance with that over time, and I highly encourage it. But for this particular move, I think that it completely defeats the purpose if your shoulders fail first, okay? So if your shoulders start to fail you, you're going to start thinking about, ow, my shoulders, ow, my shoulders, ow, my shoulders, the whole time. Instead of doing what I said earlier, which is squeezing those abs, moving those feet nice and smooth, keeping your shoulder blades you know, retracted, keeping your core nice and tight, your glutes nice and tight, and you're going to lose that smoothness that I, I need you to find so much you know, in this move to make it work properly for your match. Yeah. So, so, yeah. Some guys also have when they're on the floor and doing that push-up position plank, which needs to be in everybody's program Absolutely. too, is holding that push-up yeah. position plank and learning how to Building contract. That yes. Yeah. But um, especially a lot of bigger guys or guys that have wrist injuries, uh -huh. the wrist pain yep. will get there when they're holding it on the floor. Sure. So if they're able to do it elevated, yep. it's el it'll help them there. And as well. I, I absolutely prefer this move with elevated hands, yeah. especially when we're talking about translating yeah. it to your pro wrestling warm-up. Yeah, so, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put your hands on, and guys, you can put your hands on the seat of a chair. That's something that's readily available in probably all locker rooms. You can also put them on a bench. Yep. You can put them on your freaking gear bag. And if all else fails, you could put your hands against the wall. Yeah. I think you're going to be a little too elevated that way. But as, if this is your first time trying to move like this, that might be a best place. So I really want you to get somewhere that's like 12 to 18 inches. That's kind of the perfect height, in my opinion. But that's like the seat of a chair would be perfect. But if you can't get that, use the freaking wall, guys. It's fine. Don't push yourself on the floor to the most extreme variant. If you're, if you're not comfortable you know, at all in that position, go ahead and use the wall. I'd rather you use the more comfortable position. Yeah, if you can't hold a push-up position yeah. plank, flat oh, yeah. on the floor for 30 seconds yeah, and you yeah, don't yeah. you need to you go. don't need to be pulling your feet off the ground yeah. as well and and take, taking taking even more further stress on your i like so one thing i like about chairs like if you're in a locker room and you have metal folding chairs or even like plastic like i don't know school chairs or whatever you might call them um you can actually get your wrists into a more neutral position mm -hmm. on the side of the yeah. seat so like aaron was talking about wrist pain and stuff if your palms aren't flat and you can actually turn to where your knuckles are stacked on top of your wrist Probably a much more comfortable position for most guys um, or girls or anyone that has wrist pain to it, be in that position. Yeah, and even shoulder pain because now, yeah. now you're kind of neutral grip. And everything's stacked yeah. and in line from your, uh, your knuckles, your wrists, your elbows, and then your shoulder. That's going to be a much more comfortable position for most people. So 
Let's talk about the mountain climber a little bit more. Mountain climbers tax everything from the shoulders to the feet, guys. So that includes everything in between. You're gonna get a little bit of a chest and a tricep pump just from holding yourself in that position, even with your hands elevated. It's not gonna be as extreme and that's good. So I want you to focus on the movement itself. But you're getting a little bit of a pump from that, which is good because now you're getting blood flowing through your, through your biceps, through your triceps, through your chest, all these things that most guys wanna pump up before they go to the ring. You're gonna get your abs and your glutes firing, your hamstrings are firing, your calves and your ankles are waking up because you're pushing that foot forward, so you're stretching that whole leg out. Even the feet themselves are gonna get ready for yeah. what you're about to do in the ring because you're driving off that big toe every single time. That's great, flexing and pointing the big toe at the top as well. So, here's the hidden benefit of the mountain climber that I love. The effect it has on lower back pain and the, specifically the sciatic nerves. Yeah. If you've ever been diagnosed with sciatica or anything like that, or you're having just sciatic nerve pain, and even if you don't know what that is, if you're talking about the sciatic nerve, which is the big nerve that's kind of bundled in the lower back and runs all the way down the, uh, the legs into the knees. So if you stand up tall and lock your knees out, and then I ask you to bend over and touch your toes, and that fires your lower back like crazy and you can't get anywhere near your toes, that's probably sciatic nerve pain. Probably. I can't guarantee that without assessing you personally, but that's a lot of times is the first point of failure, especially if it's super intense on one leg or the other. The nerve runs down both legs, but a lot of times, depending on how it's getting pinched, it could be, it's going to shoot down one leg or the other. So if you're hearing me say this and you don't know anything about the sciatic nerve, but you know for a fact that when you lock your knees out and you try to touch your toes, your back goes crazy, this is a move that could definitely help you with that lower back pain. So as you push that knee forward in the mountain climber, you're essentially flossing your sciatic nerve, meaning like think about a resistance band being pulled really tight and then you push your hands together and the resistance band gets loose and droops. That's kind of what you're doing to the sciatic nerve. And that's really good for getting some healthy movement and blood flow around that nerve and your discs and your back and whatnot. That way you can get that lower back warmed up. The worst thing in the world you can do is let your lower back lock up, sit in a freaking chair in the locker room all night and then go to the ring and start taking bumps, guys. That is insane. That is, you always leave even worse than you were when you came in and then you, you're like, man, wrestling's really tearing my back up. Well, yeah. yes it is, but you're not doing it any favors by just sitting around and not warming up that lower back, getting the healthy blood flow to that area to promote your movement and your healing and whatnot. So, um, yeah, sitting for an hour, you know, before you hit the ring, and especially if you already have lower back pain, it's just going to lead to chronic pain over time. And uh, trust me, I've been there, guys. So the mountain climber is a perfect way to get that blood moving and to get you ready to work. I love those things. Yeah, this is it's a great movement. Definitely needs yeah. to be incorporated. Um, also, just to kind of maybe put this movement in a little bit more visual. Yeah. You know, if you've laid, if you've done a stretch where you lay flat on your back on the floor, uh -huh. and then you put one leg straight, bend your knee, and pull the other yeah, one to yeah, your yeah. chest. Basically, you're doing that movement, yep. but you're doing it with stability, and it's heating up everything you yes. mentioned while ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but man, when you pull that knee, if you're holding that position, that elevated position, you pull that knee in, mm -hmm. sometimes what I've done with guys, if they have the low back pain, is I instead of just coming up maybe yeah. to the chest, I'll let, it, let them go ahead and start rounding through. Yeah, yeah. The, and so their back will start arching right. a little bit towards right. the low back, and they'll try to touch their chin, which no one can get to, but just sure, visually sure. Yeah, yeah. trying to get it there. Visually, that's a yeah, good But it gets cue. a great stretch, and yeah. I found it was better than laying on the floor and just having them pull their knee. Right. Um, there because they're stabilizing with everything so it puts them in a position they're going to be in well in this case in the ring absolutely uh, yeah, yeah yeah you know in a tight spot for sure but, 
yeah, love love this movement. Great movement, great movement hack for anything, especially pro wrestling and athletic performance. All right, that's two guys. We got one more. We're gonna talk about one more, and this is where you're, you might need a little bit of equipment. We're gonna talk about it. Me and Aaron are gonna give you a couple different options you can do without equipment, but I want to talk about the banded pull apart. And I think every wrestler that has ever worked with me is very familiar with the banded pull apart. I posted something on my social media the other day that if I had my way, a pro wrestler would be doing 100 of these every single day. And that that should also tell you how light I'm wanting this band to be because I'm not trying to build hypertrophy. So I'm not trying to build muscle necessarily with this. You are building some muscle and you're building some endurance, but really you're just getting nice, wonderful amounts of blood flow to that area, your fascia and all other parts of your body and your anatomy that need to be stretched that are not getting stretched because we're looking down at our, our keyboards and our phones and stuff all day and, and especially pro wrestlers sitting in the freaking locker room all night long staring down at their phones, sitting in a chair hunched over. This is one of the ultimate moves that I want you to do. So this is the last move we're going to talk about today aside for the alternatives I'm going to give you for it. So the banded pull apart, like I mentioned, a light band should be a permanent fixture in your gear bag. And when I say a light band, I mean light. Stop thinking bigger is better. Guys are going to wind up buying a freaking band that they can barely do a curl with, much less pull apart. And the purpose is completely defeated at this point. So get yourself a light band. If you're talking about like standard resistance bands that I'm familiar with in the gym, the, the orange and the red ones, they're very thin. I'm talking about circle bands, guys. I'm not talking yeah. about ones with handles on them. Those work as well, of course. But like I'm talking about circle bands, which are my favorites. Um, the, the orange and the red ones are usually the lower levels. Now, that is not going to translate across all brands, okay? So I, I'll see if I can post a link to the group as well of just even a, a freaking Amazon purchase for these bands, guys. Because they're, they're, they're easy to get a hold of if you, if you want just a single band for your gear bag easy to find guys and they're less than 20 bucks so um like i said typically red or orange is the one i recommend depending on the brand those are kind of standards for low level resistance so i'm also going to give you an equipment free option aaron it is as well at the end but i want to talk about what the actual pull apart is and how it's done first so here's how to do it i want you to stand up tall head and chest up nice and proud hold the band out in front of your chest straighten your arms Pull your hands apart. Your hands are going to be about, uh, they're going to be about shoulder width apart, something like that. You can make your hands a little bit wider on the band to make this easier, get a little less resistance in the middle. Um, but this is also a good tell on your band. If you can't do this with your hands like straight out in front of you at shoulder width, your band might be too heavy. So this is another kind of tell for that. From this starting position with the band in front of your chest and your fists out, shoulder width apart, I want you to pull your shoulder blades together like you're trying to hold a pencil with your back, right? Try to visualize your shoulder blades coming together like you're trying to pinch a pencil together back there. So you might have a little soft bend at your elbows. That's fine. Like a little bit of a soft bend is not that big of a deal, but they stay in a fixed position after that. A soft bend or straight is fine, but then they stay fixed because you're not using your elbows to pull this band apart, guys. That's where the biggest issue typically yeah. comes into play. This is not a, a tricep or, a, or necessarily a, a rear delt only move. I need you to actually pull your scapula, your shoulder blades, and your rear delts, all those together in the back like you're trying to grab a pencil. The band is going to come really close to touching your chest if it doesn't touch your chest. And touching your chest is great. So then you're going to smoothly release that band back to start. Pull your fist, put your fist back out at shoulder width. 
and then repeat, okay? So you, you start at shoulder width apart, and then you pull your fists away from, from your body, backwards towards the wall, almost like you're in a kind of a standing capital T position with your hands, the band across your chest, your hands out to your side, and then relax them back in front of your body. And you're just gonna smoothly release and repeat that move. So another tell about your band real quick is that if you can't knock out, let's say 15 or 20 of these without resting, like if you can't just mm -hmm. rep out 20 of these, you probably have too heavy of a band. Yeah. So uh, you just really think about that, guys. You shouldn't be hitting eight, nine, ten, and then having to take a break. You, yeah. So you've either got your hands way too close together with too much tension in the middle, or you got way too heavy of a band. And that's what makes it great about the bands is yeah. you can adjust the hands yeah, just a little yeah, wider, yeah. and you're pretty good. Absolutely. But you mentioned earlier the word hypertrophy, yeah, yeah, and yeah, this yeah. is not for hypertrophy. So if you guys right. know that word, I've heard it yeah. in the bodybuilding and stuff, that's yeah, where yeah. It, the, the rep range to build muscle which right. is like that 8 to 12. Perfect so if you range, can only do yeah. 8 to 12, that's hypertrophy, yes. not what you want with this. It's not what we're looking you for. You want endurance, mm -hmm. which would be, you know, that 15 plus basically. Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, one of the other things that guys do with the bands a lot, mm -hmm. uh, whenever they're pulling it back, yeah. is their hand positional change right, as right. it gets tighter. So as it gets tighter, sometimes they'll start, start dropping their hands. Outwards, yeah. yeah, so that's just another thing. After you kind of get comfortable with the movement, just watch where your knuckles and your palms are going. Yeah. So make sure they're staying in the same position so you're not right. uh, rotating your wrist, yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. Just keep them, keep it like, if, if you're starting with knuckles, you know, palms down, and knuckles straight forward, you know, just think about pulling your pinky to the back of the room as yeah. you do that, and don't rotate your hands to where now your pinky's on the bottom, your thumb's on top. Keep that wrist position the same all the way throughout the movement. But absolutely. So um, mid-chest is typically the best place to start when you're trying to pull this band apart, especially for beginners. But once you get decent at this move and you've got the right band and you're doing the right amount of reps and whatnot, and you're doing this weekend, you know, cons consistently, you can play with this a little bit. You can pull your band down and pull it to your lower chest, raise it up higher, pull it more towards your collarbone. You're just gonna get more activation. As long as you're always doing this with your rear delts and your scapula, pulling those shoulder blades apart, yeah. you're gonna be okay, even if you adjust necessarily the level of the band. Because you might have it forehead height, you might have it eyeball height, you might have it chin height, or even lower even. So, But you're always pulling it to that chest area, bottom, middle, or top in some way or another. Yeah, I used to do a finisher with some of my guys yeah. that I knew weren't gonna do band pull-aparts during yeah. the week. And what yeah. we would do is we would do palms down, right. we would do palms up, there you go. Yeah. and then we would take one where they would actually go overhead and just pull it down with their lats, like right. kind of pinching there it you go. a little yeah, bit more yeah. with their lats. Absolutely. But the way, the best way I found to explain it is like you're a bird flapping your wings. Right. Right? So the scapulas are the, you know. Yep. That's what's straight. actually moving the, yeah, yeah, the, so, the wings themselves. Yeah, yeah. So if you kind of picture that, that, that'll hit it real good. And also on those bands, I looked it up real quick while yeah. you were talking. Um, most of the bands that are for sale on there are listed uh -huh. two different ways. They're either listed in measurement, so uh -huh. like half an inch, inch, and right, things right, like right. that for the bands, or they're with um, like how many pounds. Right. So you need to go with like the quarter inch right. uh, band, or you need to go with like five to 15 pounds from what I found yes. online real quick. That's a good, I'm glad you said <laughs> that because I don't even think about it that way, but a one inch band is a common thing that I hear all the time. That's too thick mm -hmm. guys one inch is too yeah, thick. yeah it is so like you're gonna look on there and you're gonna think oh there's a one inch band that's too much yeah you want to go like aaron said quarter inch half inch maybe yeah. but quarter inch i love the lighter well, bands guys yeah well, for sure it, well and the thing with those bands the strength bands are yeah, you know yeah. the ones that look like a gigantic rubber right, band right is you can double it up or do it single yes. too so if it's too light just double it up just and, double it up that's all you got to do yeah. yeah absolutely 
So yeah, think about that. Quarter inch is plenty for this particular move. Absolutely. So the banded pull apart is a posture fixture. Posture fixer. Uh, my, my, my speech is not perfect today, guys. I'm trying to warm up here. So we live in a world where we stare down our phones and computers for hours. We, you know, hello tech neck or forward head or whatever you want to call it, rounded shoulders, everything getting pulled forward. So for pro wrestlers specifically, think about all the abuse that that absolutely particular area takes, okay? Your upper back and your shoulders. Every single back bump you take, the most common bump we do, is right on that area. So these pull-aparts will get that key area that you are abusing night in and night out ready to work and correct your posture and strengthen your neck, your shoulders, your upper back, and the added bonus is you get a nice little arm and trap pump before you hit yeah. the ring because, hey, it's an upper body business, right? I know that you're, you're probably like, John, you said there was only three moves and none of them were bicep curls. I'm sorry, guys. You're going to get plenty of bicep activation from this banded pull-apart. There's going to be isometric bicep work going on from keeping your arms stable in one position. And also the mountain climbers that I talked about earlier. You're getting your arms involved by locking yourself in that plank position. So trust me, guys. It's going to be okay. If you're doing the proper amount of curls in the gym during the week, you don't need to spend endless time right before your match doing nothing but bicep curls. I need you to do stuff that's going to allow you to perform. So, all right, guys, we talked about the banded pull-apart. I think we covered it pretty well. Aaron and I are going to give, us a, give you a couple alternatives for doing this without equipment. Now, I highly encourage you to get on Amazon or wherever it may be. Just get on Google and search for a, a quarter-inch band, a nice lightweight band that you can pack in your, your uh, gear bag for every single show. It's going to last you for freaking ever. You're never going to have to worry about replacing it as long as you keep it in your bag and out of the sun and... You know, not letting it crack, not letting it get tore up, taking care of it, just keep it in your bag like you do with your gear. It's going to be fine, guys. It's going to last you for years and years and years and years. So, all right. If you have no equipment and you have no band, or maybe you just ordered it because I told you to and you're waiting on it to be delivered, let's talk about what you can do as an alternative. I'm going to call these chest openers. That's kind of what I've always known them as, and this is just what I'm going to call them as because that's what I'm familiar with. So, all this is for me, you stand tall. Head and chest nice and proud. Your arms are down at your side. I want you to rotate your palms outward. So your palms are facing outwards, same direction your face is going. Then you're going to raise your arms, elbows straight, right out in front of you. You know, your palms are facing up now. It's like you're, you're offering you know, a plate to someone. Like you got a plate of food in your hands and you're offering it to someone. Your elbows are straight. Your arms are right out in front of you. From there, you're just going to squeeze your shoulder blades, retracting that scapula and your rear delts again, and drive your thumbs towards the back of the room. All right, that's the, that's the important thing here, guys. So drive those thumbs to the back of the room, slowly lower your hands back to your side, and repeat. Nice and slow and smooth. So standing tall, palms out, Bring your hands up straight in front of you with straight arms. Throw your thumbs to the back of the room nice and smooth. Lower smooth and repeat for as many reps as we're going to talk about here in a little bit. I know Aaron's got some alternatives for you as well. Yeah, another one that I like to do uh, to mix in there uh -huh. is um, we call them butterflies. Yeah. So what you would do is you would put your uh, fingertips mm -hmm. basically right on your forehead. Right. They would touch. And then you would pinch your shoulder blades together. Yeah. And then you would come back together to the front and yeah. try to touch your elbows together and just repeat that. So again, it's, you know, just a butterfly position, yeah. hands on the forehead, palms facing, palms you know, out, palms fingertips out. on your forehead. Yeah. yeah. 
and just pinch the shoulder blades, hold yep. for a second, and then come yeah. back together, try to touch the elbows. And bring your elbows and together in the front if you can. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's another great one. The most important thing for either one of those moves, guys, is just thinking about pulling those shoulder blades mm -hmm. together in the just back, moving. okay? Not just going through the motions and flopping your arms around. You're actually using your back muscles to pull those shoulder blades together. All right, so I got one more thing to talk about today because now you know the three moves. Now I'm going to tell you exactly how to do them because what did I say? I said it was going to be 10 minutes, right? Before I do that, I want you to head on over to Facebook and join that private Facebook group that I just told you I was going to post some of these videos in. So head on over to Facebook, join our private group, answer the questions there, get involved, ask us questions, and you're going to know about all the podcasts we have coming in the future, all the topics. We ask questions on there all the time. You can be featured on one of these podcasts as well. So head on over and join our group. Now, you do know the moves, so how should you program them? What's the sets? What's the reps? How do I do this in 10 minutes? All right, here we go. So this is simple, guys, but it's not easy. All right, no, and, it, and it shouldn't be easy. This is not going to exhaust you. We're going to keep this at the 10-minute mark, but here is the simplicity of it all. I want you to perform 50 reps of those three moves. And that's 25 per leg on the mountain climbers, 50 total. I want you to do 50 reps, and I want you to do that inside of a four-minute time cap. Set a clock, look at a clock, look at your phone. Four minutes, I want you to do 50 reps of everything. Then I want you to rest for two minutes. I want you to sit, do nothing, walk around, whatever you want to do for two minutes, just relax. And I want you to repeat for another four minutes. There's your 10 minute workout. So now, I know what you're saying. John, I cannot do 50 squats, 50 mountain climbers, and 50 pull-aparts in just four minutes. That is 150 freaking reps. And you're trying to kill me before my match. There's no way I can do that. Okay, so here's what you do, guys. Start with 10 of each, maybe even 20 of each. And then just repeat that. And if you hit 50, that's great. Awesome. You hit 50 in your four minutes, then you actually did it. Rest now. You're going to repeat it in a little bit. What happens if you don't hit 50? Just do 10 of each as many times as you can within that four-minute window. And when that four minutes hits, stop. There you go. Rest for two minutes and repeat. Just do 10 at a time, over and over again. Stop completely if you hit 50. If you don't hit 50, just stop when the timer runs out. Get your two-minute rest in and repeat, okay? You do not have to knock out all 150 reps in four minutes the first time you do this, all right? Over time, you're going to get to where you can knock this workout out within the time required, no problem. You're going to be stronger, you're going to be better, and you're going to be more prepared for your match. Imagine doing this workout, this 10-minute workout with four, you know, or eight active minutes and two minutes of rest every single time you step into a locker room. I promise you your body will adapt fast and you're going to be better for it. Now, I know what you're asking again now. You told me how to do it. When should I do it? So when should I do this? Should I do it in the exact 10 minutes before my music hits? Should I do it 20 minutes before my music hits and I walk towards the curtain? You know, guys, if you've been in a locker room before, and if you haven't, I'll, I'll, light, I'll you know, smarten you up right here about this. A lot of times you get to a show, and they kind of give you an idea of when you might be having your match, but it's never completely accurate, and you never know what's going to happen, okay? So if you've ever been in a locker room, you know how hard it is to plan exactly what time you'll be stepping through the curtain. So here's my suggestion. Anytime within the hour... Before your match, I want you to do this warm-up. That's it. That's it. So try to gauge that. Look at the, you know, almost, well, every company, uh, almost 
100% compliance. I have has something back there for you to look at to be like, okay, I'm the third match, I'm the fourth match, I'm the first match, whatever. Sometime within the hour, it could be 45 minutes, it could be 30 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever. I don't want you trying to cram this in right before you walk through the curtain. Anytime within that hour, move through this workout for me, guys. That's all you got to do. And after that, I just encourage you to not, you know, lock up in a chair in a corner, yeah. you know, and, and let everything cool back down. Do this within the hour before your match, and then just stay up. Stay walking around. Relax when you need to. Sit down for a couple minutes. Walk around for a few minutes. Keeping blood flowing and stuff in your body just from walking and whatnot is super beneficial. So all you got to do is do this within an hour. Keep, keep fairly active, just light active, even if it's just walking or standing and talking to the other guys in the locker room. That's all you got to do, guys. You know, in the past, uh, one of the previous episodes, I mentioned how important it is to get in the zone and stop mm. obsessively going over your match because I see guys do that still way too often, okay, where you're just obsessively going over your routine, your performance that you're about to do in the ring. You're obsessed with remembering every single tiny little portion of the match. And I've, I've said in the past, there is a moment where you just can't worry about that stuff anymore and you have to become your character. You have to put yourself in that zone and get ready to go out there and perform because if you go out there and go step by step by step but completely leave the entertainment side or, or your, your persona out of the match, it's not going to be entertaining to anyone, okay? So you have to also devote some time to getting into your character and... I'm telling you right now, right here, this is a guaranteed 10 minutes where you can stick in some earbuds, put on the music that you like, focus on you and your character as you move through this workout, okay? It's, it's almost like method acting, if you want to say. Like, mm -hmm. you, you are putting yourself in your character if only for these 10 minutes. That way you've, you've gotten into the personality that you're going to assume in the ring. You do that during this little workout. You get two minutes in the middle to where you can really focus on your persona itself. Stop obsessively going over, you know, move one, move two, and the, the finishing move of the match, whatever. You've got that stuff, okay? Trust me. You got it. You've been going over it all day. You got it. You're good to go now. So now I just want you to focus on becoming you. All right. Here's your little bonus. This, this goes right along with all the stuff we just talked about. Please drink some water. All right? I know that sounds so simple. But you got to stop pounding energy drinks all day long. I understand the boost of caffeine leading into game time. Trust me, I do it. Absolutely. But earlier in the day, be sure you're balancing that energy boost with some pure water and hopefully a good night's sleep before the day of the show. All right? That, in compliance with the warm-up that Aaron and I just spoke about, is going to have your body in the perfect condition that it needs to be in to go to the ring and perform. The perfect warm-up doesn't need a ton of equipment. It doesn't need overcomplication. Mm -hmm. It doesn't need an hour of your time. With a single lightweight resistance band and 10 minutes, you can get ready to perform in any locker room, anywhere. Right on, guys. I, I love it. This is a great warm-up that I've done myself, that I will continue to do myself, even if I'm not wrestling. Okay, This is a great way to yeah. get ready for any kind of performance in general. Um, even if it's a high performance, you know, whatever it might be, CrossFit or cross training style uh, gym workout or, or uh, hiking or a trip up a, you know, a mountain or something or just your weightlifting. 
Okay, this is a great way to warm up and be ready to go no matter what you're doing. Simple and effective. That's, and that's what we're all about, guys. I want it simple and effective, educational, and with purpose, okay? All these moves have a purpose. I hope I explained them to you well enough today. If you have any questions, you head on over to that Facebook group. You let us know what your questions are. I'm going to get some videos of each one of these movements in there, and we're going to get you guys ready for every match that you have from here on out. All right, guys. Like I said at the very beginning, it would help me and Aaron so much if you would head on over to Spotify or iTunes, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Share it with a friend. Let them know that there is free pro wrestling training out there to be delivered directly to whatever streaming app they enjoy. So thank you for listening to How to Become a Pro Wrestler, the podcast, where we teach you the skills you need to go from your living room to the main event. And don't wait for your opportunity, guys. Take it.